بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد كما صليت على ابراهيم وعلى ال ابراهيم انك حميد مجيد اللهم الهمنا مراشد امورنا واعذنا من شرور انفسنا اما بعد فقد قال الله تبارك وتعالى بعد اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم فانهم يعلمون كما تعلمون وترجون من الله ما لا يرجون صدق الله العظيم الله تبارك وتعالى has made this world a collection of thorns and roses where there is one day where someone is smiling and happy where someone is born on the same day you will get the news someone has passed away when it is a day of khushi it is a day of gham when it is a day of happiness it's a day of sorrow and allah tawarukta has made this world such so that when we living in it we don't ever start thinking is the garden to live in even if it had to be a garden one ant will definitely come to visit our picnic one fly will come above to say to us the poet said so beautifully Muhammad Jalaluddin Rum says that when they saw the nightingale singing so beautifully in the garden the poet went past and said if only someone could say to the nightingale don't give your heart to the garden because if it's spring today autumn is around the corner don't give your heart to the garden because if it's spring today autumn is around the corner this is a world where allah tbaruk taala has made a lot of thorns and those thorns comes to always remind me and you this is not the world to live for this is the world to go through it is on those who allah tbaruk taala want them to completely forget allah tbaruk taala says fatahna alayhim abwab kulli shay then we opened for them the doors of everything so that they would never remember that there's another world to go to fatahna alayhim abwab kulli shay as for the people of iman allah tbaruk taala gave a unique solace that there was going to be the thorn but allah had always kept a relationship of love with his servants always with love Had he wanted he could have said fast fast almighty allah said oh people of iman fasting has been made compulsory on you like it was made on people before that is the talk of love that the father says i know you don't like this job but your other brothers also had to do it when allah tbaruk taala said i will test you In the talk of love it has said walaqad fatanna alladhina min qablihim that we also had to test those before fala ya'lamanna Allahu alladhina sadaqu wala ya'lamanna al-kadhibin so that Allah will know which means so that it will be seen that who's truthful in his claim and who's the liar la tawarrutu however when the test comes because of this love he makes so much of arrangements for ease many a time people will start experiencing such dreams in difficulty which you will never get in ease and we will give some examples 
Many a time when the pain becomes so severe, Almighty Allah sends an aura of peace upon the person. He just falls asleep and he can't feel it. Many a time when you were here, there was a robbery and they were hitting him. Then you say after a time his body fell, nothing. Just They hit and they hit and he was like, he had no pain. Later on when they found the person, he fought with them. When they found him and he was bleeding, only after they put him in the ambulance, then he realized he's cut here and he's cut there and he's cut there. He never knew it. Allah made a lot of arrangements. One arrangement is this verse, فَإِنَّهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ كَمَا تَعْلَمُونَ Remember, they also have to suffer. They refers to those without iman. Just like how you also have to suffer. وَتَرْجُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَرْجُونَ But you have a hope in reward which they don't have. So when someone gets sick, two people land up in hospital. One when he enters, he says, if death comes, Mubarak, then life starts. And if health comes, then Mubarak, I'll go back to my family. And I will go back clean and I will go back elevated. There will never be a thorn unless the thorn comes with a lot of roses. The people of the world, if someone goes to the hospital, they have to send roses for him. Because no roses are coming from the heavens. For the people of Iman, even if the whole world sends nothing, Almighty Allah's roses come pouring down. Pouring down. There were those selected servants of Almighty Allah who were punished for Allah. They went through so much of difficulty. Finally a time comes, you have to come out. When he was asked, how was it? He said, easy, so easy, like easy, so Mubarak. But he would say that during those days when I was being tested, Lashed. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimullah. He said, every night I saw my Allah in my dream, asking me, oh Ahmad, how are you? He said, I don't get that anymore. So this is a world of sickness, a world of difficulty, a world of tears. And if it ends on death, then cry one more time and Mubarak to death. For after death you will see no difficulty. And if it's home, then Mubarak to my house, but remember one thing, I still have to die one day. So I have to go back again through it. If you don't like suffering, when you get sick, then just say, Allah, don't send me home. Because if I go home, I have to get sick again to die. So I will read through you a few incidents. My brother Mawana Imran a few years ago, he compiled this kitab. It was found extremely beneficial during the COVID time when people were in hospital and they had no one for them, no one. Even the doctor was scared to go up to them. So a certain friend of ours who works in the hospital, he liked this book, so he used to give it to his patients. And this was like their, their life that was. They would read this thing like it was their everything. I will not read the whole book. There is a site that we have a while ago some friends opened. It's called spiritual light. Like how we speak of light. So we just say physical light. We say spiritual light. So if you type spiritual light.co.za, that one's normal. Like it comes out always. But spiritual light. Then you will see a site on that site. The bayans that I give also come on that site. But more than that, whatever books my brothers have written. So you'll see there's a book section. And on that a lot of books. 
And for some people, it will be extremely beneficial who don't know much about Islam. This is one book that's on the site under his name, Murana Imran. It is called Finding Solace During Sickness. Finding Solace During Sickness. So I will only read three parts, but it will take a while. The first is regarding the sickness or the final illness of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It is something to know how it was. So that when an individual gets ill, he knows that in health my Nabi showed me a path. And in illness towards death he also showed me a path. So he writes, Abu Sa'id Khudri radiallahu anh said, I visited Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he was sick and had a high temperature. I put my hand on the cover which was covering him. I could feel the heat of his fever. I said, your fever is exceptionally high. He said, we the Anbiya are like that. Our pain is magnified so that our rewards will be multiplied. At midnight during the middle of the month of Safar, in the 11th year after Hijri, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, according to his habit, visited Jannatul Baqi. When he returned from there, he was not feeling well. This was the beginning stages of his final illness, which began with a headache. Aisha radiallahu anha says, Whenever Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam would pass by my door, he would say a few words to me by means of which Allah would make me happy, benefit me. But during his sickness, he passed by my door twice or thrice and did not say a single word. So a wife is like that. That when you got an extreme headache, she won't see that. So she said, I asked my maid servant to bring me a cushion and place it near my door. I then sat down on the cushion waiting for him and I wrapped my head in a bandage. So that when he comes now, he'll see me, I'm not well. Woman. And she explained it to make you understand also. When your wife does that, then don't say, as it is, I got one headache, you another headache. She explained it. They were so open. They were so open. She said, when he passed by again, he inquired, what's wrong? I responded, my head is throbbing. He smiled. He said, I don't think it is paining. He said, but my head is really paining. He said, oh ma, how my head is throbbing. I was surprised. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam then left, but shortly afterwards he was brought, carried in a sheet into my house. He said to me, there will be no problem if you pass away before me. I will handle all your affairs. I will perform your janazah salah. I will see to your burial. But if I pass away, how will you manage? She rep- Aisha radiallahu anha says, I replied, by Allah, I think if that happens, meaning if I pass away first, you will bring one of your other wives to my house that evening and enjoy the night with her. Even in that moment, Nabi Wasallam just laughed. Even at that moment, how open they were. Due to the headache, temperature began rising until the fever became severe. The fever was so high that Abu Sa'id Khudri radiallahu anh said, 
We found him trembling or shivering due to such severe fever that our hands could not even remain for more than a few seconds upon his body. He said, we visited Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We found him covered in a sheet. I placed my hand upon the sheet and I could feel the heat penetrating through the sheet. We said, subhanallah, no person is tested and put through difficulties as severe as the Anbiya. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, there was a Nabi in the past whose body was infested and attacked by lice until the lice killed him. There was another Nabi in the past who had absolutely no clothes to conceal even his private parts except for a single small sheet which he would wear even as armor. The Anbiya would be happy and pleased over their difficulties like how they would be happy and pleased over ease and prosperity. Due to the heavy fever, a water bag was hung above Rasulullah wasallam, from which water was made to constantly drip upon his blessed body to bring down and cool the fever. The poisonous meat which Rasulullah wasallam had tasted in Khaybar, which was served to him by a Jewish woman, and then the meat spoke and he said, Allah's Nabi, don't eat me, I'm poisoned. The meat spoke, but one morsel went. Sahabi who ate passed away. Nabi Wasallam did not pass away, but he ate. That poison now began taking effect. Nabi Wasallam said during the last stages of his sickness, I continued suffering from the pain of that morsel which I ate at Khaybar. Now I can feel that my iota has been ruptured due to the ill effects of that poison. Renal pain, meaning pain in the kidneys, severe pain, accompanied the fever. When the pain became too severe, and you must remember Allah's Nabi had the strength of 100 men. So he was not going through our pain. When his pain became too severe, Rasulullah was unable to even leave the house for salah with the jama'ah. Abu Bakr was asked to leave the salah. This went on for 17 salawat. The entire sickness lasted for about half a month, during which time Allah's Nabi suffered excruciating pain. It was most probably regarding these last 15 days that Aisha radiallahu anha explained when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam became sick, the sickness would be severe to the extent that he would sometimes not get a wink of sleep for up to 15 days. He would suffer from pain at his side, kidney pain. We would say to him, why don't you make dua to Allah? He will definitely cure you. He would reply, we the Anbiya are like that. Our pain is made severe so that it can be an expiation for us. As the days went by, the pain and the fever would gradually increase. The pain was so severe that Rasulullah wasallam would groan in pain, restlessly shift sides in his bed. Later the pain would reach such intensity 
that he would at times fall unconscious. Finally, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it was just before the last, where Fatima radiallahu anha could not manage it any longer. And she said, Ha on the pain of my father. And Nabi sallallahu said, Oh my daughter, after tomorrow your father will never ever experience any pain again. Aisha radiallahu anha says, I always thought that difficulty before death is a sign that you are not the beloved of Allah. Why is he suffering? She said, I saw, until I saw the sickness of my husband, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That sickness Allah uses to propel that individual to lengths and places he can never imagine. For Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, a place was set, it is called maqam e mahmud So high that no other Nabi will even think that he can get it. So high. And Allah Tawarukullah has ways to take his selected servants higher and higher and higher. One is sickness, after which either health comes or either which death comes. A second incident. Imam Uzai rahimullah narrates from Abdullah ibn Muhammad who said, I went out to the shore as a patrolman, as our patrol at that time was in Al-Arish in Egypt. When I arrived at the shore, I came upon an open area in which I saw a tent. In the tent was a man who had no hands and legs. He could not see or hear. None of his limbs were functioning except his tongue. No hands, no legs. He could not see, he could not hear. None of his limbs were functioning except his tongue. He was saying, O oh Allah, grant me the ability to praise you with such praise, through which I can sufficiently thank you for the favors you have bestowed upon me, by which you have preferred me over so many others who you have created. Abdullah said to himself, By Allah, I will go to this man and ask him about these words. That what he got to thank Allah for? So I approached the man and I greeted him and said, then realizing he can't hear, he must have then started screaming very loudly. He said to him, I heard you saying, Allah grant me the ability to praise you with such praises, through which I can sufficiently thank you for the favors you have bestowed upon me, that you have preferred me over so many of the world that you have created. I asked him, what favors are you talking about? How did he grant you preference over others? He said, don't you see what my Allah has done for me? By Allah, if he sent the sky upon me as a fire which burnt me, or ordered the mountains to crush me, or the oceans to drown me, or the earth to swallow me, it would only make me more grateful to my Allah to my Allah for the favor of the tongue that he allowed me to have. He said, O slave of Allah, since you came here, I got one need. You can see my state. I can't harm myself, I can't benefit. Because of my state, you came here, so can you do me one work? I had a young son who used to come to me at the time of Salah. He used to help me perform muzu. When I would become hungry, he would feed me. If I was thirsty, he would give me something to drink. 
I have not seen him for the last three days. Will you please go and ask the people if they know where he is? May Allah have mercy on you. I said, Allah, no being could fulfill the need of another which is greater in reward like this need of yours. You really need a son. So I set out asking people and then they directed me. The last we had seen this boy, he looks like this in this direction. I hadn't gone far before before I came across a sand dune. I found the boy who had been attacked by a wild beast which had eaten his body. I recited, Inna lillah and said to myself, how am I going to face this man? As I was heading towards him, I remembered Ayyub salam. So when I reached him, I greeted him, he responded, he said, are you the one who came in the tent? I said, yes. He said, did you find my son? So I said to him, are you more honorable in the sight of Allah, or was Ayyub the Nabi? He replied, of course, Ayyub the Nabi. I said, do you know what Allah did with Ayyub the Nabi? Did he not test him regarding his wealth, family and children? He said, yes. I said, and how did Allah then find Ayyub the Nabi? He said, he found him patient, grateful and thankful. I continued, that was not all. Was he not finally deserted by all the people? Meaning besides his wife, no one stayed. He responded, yes. I said, how did his Allah find him? He replied, he found him patient, grateful and thankful. Then the old man said, cut your story short. Like you can give me bayan here. Where's my son? I said to him, the young boy you sent me in search of, I found him behind a sand dune. He had been attacked by a beast which had eaten on his body. May Allah increase for you your reward. May He inspire you with patience. The man said, Praise be to Allah who did not create from my progeny such people who would disobey me. Whom he would then have to punish with the fire. He said, I'm so happy my son passed away in Iman. I thank Allah that in my progeny no one is going to the fire. He said, he then read, Inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Then he began breathing heavy and then he passed. I said, indeed to Allah we belong. What a huge calamity. If I were to leave a man like this, the beast will eat him. And if I have to remain here, I won't be able to help him. I need help. So I covered him in the cloak which he was wearing and I sat at his headside crying, waiting for somebody else to come and then I can say, come you can help me to bury this man. As I was sitting there, four men passed by and said, O slave of Allah, why are you here? I related to them my story regarding the man, this man. They said to us, to me, uncover his face for perhaps we know him. I uncovered his face and they fell upon him kissing his eyes and his hands, saying, May our father be sacrificed for him. How long have these eyes been lowered from the prohibitions of Allah that this man never ever looked at haram? He said, How long has this body prostrated before Allah when everyone was sleeping? I said, Who is this person? They said, Don't you know? This is Abu Qilaba the student of Ibn Abbas radiallahu anh. 
This is Abu Qilaba Jurmi. He had tremendous love for Allah and the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When you read the narrations of hadith an Abi Qilabata, an Abi Qilabata, this is that Abu Qilaba. So we washed him, shrouded him with some clothing which we had, performed the janazah, salah over him and buried him. The men left and I went back to my station. When night fell, I put my head down onto my pillow and saw him in a dream. He was in a garden from the gardens of paradise, wearing two garments from the garments of paradise, while reciting the verse of Quran which means, On account of that which you patiently endured, and excellent is the final abode of paradise. Peace be upon you, on account of that which you patiently endured, bima sabartum, fani'ama uqbaddar, and how wonderful is the final abode of hereafter. I asked, are you not the one in the tent, my friend? He replied, yes. I said, how did you get all of this? He said, verily, Allah, by Allah are elevated ranks. Verily, by Allah are elevated ranks that cannot be attained except through patience at times of difficulties and calamities. And shukr, gratitude at times of prosperity, along with the fear of Allah, the mighty and majestic, in private and in public. Again, he said, Verily by Allah are elevated ranks that cannot be attained except through sabr at times of difficulty, shukr at times of prosperity, fear of Allah in private and in public. And I will read now one more. This will got to do with a dream. This in, individual says, and this was not now from that, because as soon as we said Allah's Nabi, then someone will say, but that was the Nabi of Allah. And then we said Abu Khilaba, and he says, that was the companion of Ibn Abbas. So we come to someone who was like me and you. This incident, this person wrote his incident asking for dua. And while he was asking for dua, he just mentioned what am I and what dreams I saw. And that dream, perhaps even if you don't see it, understand you saw it. It was a message in the dream for every person who suffers any difficulty from the tongue of Risala, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Very long, but now I'm not going to go through the whole thing. He says, when I was born, I suffered from eczema on my arms and hands. And he suffered, suffered, suffered until the age of 22. He says, I'm still suffering. Sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes. He says, when it gets inflamed, other people look at me funny. In school they used to bully me. Teacher used to mock at me. As I grew up, I always wanted to get married, have a child. But I said, my eczema, who will ever hold my hand? There was one woman in hijab from Lebanon. I wanted to marry her. I thought that with my eczema, she'll never look at my face. He said, but one day I took that courage. And then nicely she said to me that, please make me mouth. He said, I broke my heart. He said, sometimes I'm so alone. I suffer so much I can't go outside unless my sleeves cover most of my hand. 
I cannot make salah in the masjid because I'm worried someone's going to look at my hands. And then I'll walk out and they don't want to shake because they don't want to touch this. Or they'll give me a bad look. I cannot eat outside or be with my friends without feeling worried that they are going to see my hands. When I perform wudu, my hands sting so much that I cry. After wudu, I perform my salah, trying to blot out the pain that I am going through with my hands. He says, I feel no Muslim sister will ever marry me. But I try to keep strong. He says, now I have said the only wife I want is a woman in paradise. He said, I wish I was with Nabi Ayyub salam. Then I won't feel so alone because I'll be there with him. And when he stands in Allah's worship, I'll also stand. He said, but I got no Nabi Ayyub around me. He says, my only dream now is to work hard and to die in the fear of Allah. Three years ago, I was sinking into severe depression. I was suffering so much. Every day I was sinking deeper and deeper. I would stay up at night begging, begging, begging. I really thought that Allah had abandoned me and that Allah hated me. Then one summer was a summer I would never forget. For six weeks in a row I had dreams that words will never be able to describe. The dreams are too many to mention. But standing on a red land, two Muslim men with large dark beards came to me. They asked me if I wanted to see Jahannam. I said, I won't mind in a dream. I won't mind. They smiled and I followed them. In front of me was something like a huge head. You heard of dragons. The dragon opens its mouth and that smoke comes. There was something like a huge head with a wide open mouth. I can still picture this in my mind, but I cannot describe it. We went through the mouth, in it were chambers of black fire. I saw people lying on their bellies on beds of spikes, on beds of spikes that were penetrating through their bodies while they were screaming. In another chamber I saw people being crushed again and again in fire. In another, I saw their limbs being pulled out. After a few more chambers, we left. And one of the Muslims said to me, Is your life worse than this? I said, By Allah, no. He says, My best dream was of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In the dream, I was sitting in a dark room crying. Suddenly, a gold door appeared in front. The door said to me, don't cry, come in. When I went in, I was in such a beautiful garden. There were all sorts of flowers and different colored streams of water and honey. I heard laughing and talking ahead. So I walked through this garden. Each step I took, the garden became more beautiful and different in color. I then saw a really bright gold table with food I have never seen before. There were sweets and different shapes of fruits. There were crystal cups with drinks with at least 100 different shades of color. Sitting around the table 
were all extremely handsome looking Muslims. I saw one of them holding a staff in his right hand and said that this most likely is Nabi Musa salam. Another Muslim had long wavy hair with pearls falling from his head. I said this is indeed Isa salam. They were at least 100 Muslims around this table. At the head of the table, a Muslim turned around and faced me. Masha Allah, I will never forget his face. His eyes were darker than black pearls. There were a beautiful light shining from his face. As he smiled at me, I felt this warmth and the sweet smelling must go over my body. He said salam to me and called me by my full name. I was surprised that he knows me. I asked him, and who are you? He said, I am the final messenger of Allah. My name is Muhammad, the son of Abdullah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then he said to me, I want you to sit next to me. A gold chair appeared next to him. So I sat there facing him. He took my hand in his hand. That hand that no one would ever touch. It felt so warm and nice. He said something that made me cry even in my sleep. He said, Don't cry because of the hardships of this life. Rather cry for the forgiveness of Allah. Don't cry and feel sad since Allah will never leave you alone to suffer. He is with the believers who calls his name. He smiles to the believer when he repents. He loves the believer who runs to him in struggle. And on the day that is coming, you will see how much of love and comfort he will give to those Muslims who suffered for him. Again, don't cry because of the hardships of this life. Rather cry for the forgiveness of Allah. Don't cry and feel sad as Allah will never leave you alone to suffer. He is with the believer who calls his name. He smiles to the believer who repents. He loves the believer who runs to him in struggle. And on the day that is coming, you will see how much of love and comfort he gives to those Muslims who suffered for him. I closed my eyes and then woke up with tears all over my face. May Allah Tabarakala make it not just a storybook. Whenever we will have some difficulty in life, whatever that difficulty is, be it in our body, in the bodies of our families, in the bodies of our friends, in the bodies of our children, be it in our health, be it in our wealth, in whatever condition we go through, remember this verse of Quran, فَإِنَّهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ كَمَا تَعْلَمُونَ That they also have to go through difficulties just like you. وَتَرْجُونَ مِنَ اللَّهِ مَا لَا يَرْجُونَ But you have a hope in Allah which they can never have. If at the end of difficulty is death, then Mubarak to that death after which there will never ever be difficulty. And if at the end of that difficulty is ease, 
then mubarak to that is. But know that a day has to come again when death will have to come and knock again. For the one who can't manage difficulty, when it comes the first time, say, angel of death, I only want one time sick and out. The one who loves his wife too much, when his sickness comes, he'll say, I want to go back, she's worth it. And I'll be ready to suffer next time again. In whichever way we are, the people of Iman have been given from Allah roses and flowers. Even if there's no one around, there is an Allah all around. May Allah Taala bless all of us that we always remain smiling. Good days come, our smile increases. Difficult days come. Then we still put a smile with sabr and shukr to Allah that everything else is still going right. May Allah Taala bless us all. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.